Okay. So after that brief interlude, hello and welcome to episode 12 of Laughing Into the Void. I'm your host, Roz, and co-hosting with me tonight is former guest of the show, current co-host of the show for now, moving up in the world, podcaster and comedian and musician, Mike Moran. Um, See him this February 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the For the Love of Comedy fundraiser for Kennedy Krieger. Wow. Uh, yeah. Right. You got that info quickly. I just put that up. Yeah. Uh, Tom is a librarian and does a lot of work for me to make me look good. <laughs> you take no credit for anything, Roz. You gotta. Well, you know, one of us is the charisma and one of us. Yeah, is... you truly are. Um, so, yeah. So if you want to get tickets for that, you can go to bonfirealive.com. Also, please feel free to watch our previous broadcasts on the District Comedy YouTube and Facebook channels or listen to them on most podcast platforms. And if you enjoy the stream and you want to make a donation, um, you could go to district-comedy.live. Alternatively, like, share, subscribe to our stuff because that also helps us. And here today we have Casey Hackett. Uh, Casey is a DC-based comedian. You can find out more about her at CaseyHackett.com. And we're going to spell that for you (laughs) because we've already screwed that up once. K-A-C-I-E-H-A-C-K-E-T-T.com or on Instagram at KCHackett. Thank you so much for being with us today. And let's jump right on in. Thanks for having um, me. Thanks yeah. for spelling my name. I was actually thinking that, about that. It's like that URL just like is going to confuse everyone because <laughs> my name is tough to spell. Uh, as a Rosalind, I, I kind of sympathize with you. <laughs> like I go by, I don't really like going by Roz. Like it's not my preference, but it's easier to remember. So people just end up calling me that. People it's can't funny. remember Rosalind? No. <laughs> I swear to God, they can't. Let's <laughs> hang out with a lot of ADD people. Is the is the problem that it's are there also Rosalinds in this world? Is that there's a thing? Ros- Roslinds. Okay. Um, there's Rosalinds, Ro- Roslinds. I've only met two other Rosalinds, which is weird because it's a Shakespearean name that my mom picked out probably when she was like still high on painkillers after giving birth to me. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but, but yeah. Well, it's um, a very nice name. Thanks. I'll tell her you said that. Uh, fun story. I met Kathleen Turner at a horror convention and she liked my name too. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know? Kathleen Turner? She voiced Jessica Rabbit. She was oh. in Romancing the Stone. It's got a husky. I saw both of those maybe 30 years ago. Well, if you were going to distantly social trivia and there was a Kathleen yeah, yeah. Turner question, <laughs> your team's screwed. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> it just means you need Rosalind on your team. It's all about having a well-rounded team. I would love to have Rosalind on my team anytime. Yeah, I have, I have lots of useless information up, upstairs. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Casey, enough about me. <laughs> um so I'm going to start off with a question that we like to ask everybody here. It's very open-ended. Um, how would you describe your sense of humor to someone who's never seen you perform? I, I, I don't know if other people are like, man, I should know this answer like off the top of my head, but I find this to be a very hard <laughs> question to answer. But um, I do think it's kind of, I've, I've been told dark wit um, and I tried to easy like ombre that darkness um because you can't you can't open um with the story about your grandmother's funeral I've, I've learned it really just doesn't set a great tone for the rest of the set um so an ombre wit I would say you gotta ease them in there and then bring them you gotta back. ease them in yeah. <laughs> okay um well um uh, and also I'd say like I watched some of your stand-up in preparation for this, which is more work than I usually do. And uh, I'd say like maybe like a twinge of observational comedy in there a little bit too. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of observational. Um, and I do have a rule that um, if, you know, my CEO or HR manager ever were to 
see a set, um, I would still have my job the next day. Um, it right. may be a little awkward, um, but I'd still have a job. Mm. Um, so kind of setting some parameters around what I say related to that too. That's always good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mike, have you ever had that happen where like somebody you didn't want, like came to one of your comedy gigs or something? Well, first of all, I've never had a job important enough that they would care. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> someone, someone that I didn't want to come, come to one of my comedy gigs. Um, not early on like my mom would come to open mics sometimes and I, oh I i'm happy to have her at at certain i have to kind of like screen the shows before if i'm gonna have my mom there i remember she just showed up at an open mic i was doing once and i was like no this isn't i i, I don't feel safe for you, <laughs> you know, like i Someone's it really is about the other humor too. It's like, well, I don't love that you're hearing this joke, but I really just don't want to sit next to you as other people are like describing these sex stories. Yeah, that's that all. Is more I don't care about my humor. Yeah, like my my stuff doesn't get all that, you know, intimate. But uh, yeah, I don't want I don't want some some jerk off, uh, you know, saying something vulgar to my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... I definitely learned at my at my shows like I'm mostly an improv comic like that's most what my live shows have been but mm -hmm. my parents uh loved going to them for a long time and so <laughs> I'm really bad at filtering myself <laughs> for the sake of who I know is in the audience right. so I like made a very graphic glory hole joke in front of my dad once <laughs> how do you not make how is a glory hole joke not graphic <laughs> When you're talking about that wonderful uh, glass blowing show on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, or there's sure. a glass blowing show yeah. on Netflix. If, if you're now. like, Lord, make my glory whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a church. It was a church joke. That's what it was, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then so he's going around saying it all the time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Casey, how long have you been doing comedy for, like, on Netflix? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> about or three years. Um, I got pretty serious about it about a year and a half ago, okay. um, but three years total. Awesome. I hadn't, and now I have, like, more friends in Baltimore and stuff, so, like, when, when things open up, I'd, I'd love to. Cool. Yeah, we have a we have a guest room at my house and a closet full of pillows that are protected by <laughs> Advy. <laughs> so you've got a, all the sport that. materials you're gonna want. <laughs> um, okay, well, tell us a little bit about your background before you started distantly social trivia. Like, you kind of had an adventure while you were trying to write a novel, and then it seems like you kind of that kind of led you into the world of comedy. Yeah, I love I love how this is this is set up. It's like, oh, you're trying. It's like, I yes, I was trying to write a novel in a sense that I thought I had all these great ideas. I sat down. I was like, well, that was a page. Um, <laughs> gee, I thought I thought I had more to say there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but I um, I actually cut off my internet. Um, I I really wanted to show Comcast. Um, you, that you got rid of the internet. I got rid of my internet for oh my uh, a year you and a half. Crazy? <laughs> I, I have it back now i would this is, is that obviously pre-pandemic <laughs> i can't go if my phone dies for like an hour i'm i'm like lost you know uh, it, it really so i was like all right so i got a gym membership and i got rid of my internet and i was like okay the gym has wi-fi mm. so this will be an incentive to go to the gym oh, um okay. and this showed me all of the things i will do besides going to the gym and starting stand-up is is one of them so uh, I just started writing jokes and started like finding open mics to perform them and really would avoid anything uh, or, or will do anything to avoid going to the gym is what I learned through that experience. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> you can always try and, and be one of those comedians that just commits to a single character who works out and then you'll like work out <laughs> while you do comedy and then just slowly just slowly stop doing comedy. <laughs> don't want to work out anymore. That's what I would do. You're saying you should come on stage like wearing a Jane Fonda headband and leotard and, <laughs> and like her, her characters like uh, aerobics Annie or something. Yeah, it's great. It would kill every time. 
do I do have a bit where I like really pantomime what it's like uh, to use the bathroom in a romper. And when I do that, and I, I actually like had to like do squats to do it on stage for, for a bigger show because I was like, I'm doing this in heels and I'm balancing on one foot. And I, like, I was like, I gotta get into shape just to do this one joke. <laughs> or at least all over a little bit. Work on your center of gravity so people yeah. fall over. Um, okay, well, um, so uh, one of the things you're, you're most known for, and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, is distantly social trivia. Um, so you founded that at the beginning of the pandemic, it sounds like? Yeah, almost almost a year ago. Um, I had the idea actually before thing when like everyone was like, oh, you shouldn't hang out in big groups, but nothing officially closed yet. Um, so I ended up starting it, um, I think like the 16th, like actually the day everything got ordered to close. Um, I kind of already had things up and running, uh, which is cra crazy timing. Uh, but I kind of, you know, just only child syndrome kind of kicked in. If I can't go to bars like four or five times a week for, for comedy, like what, what am I going to do? I need something to do. I spent so much time like going from like mic to mic and show mm -hmm. to show and you, I can't just sit on my couch. So I just, I just needed to entertain myself and ended up entertaining what is, what does that have to do with being an only child oh because you have to entertain yourself yeah after and yeah oh. you, you make up games for yourself you just you find okay. you find a way to play monopoly alone wow that's sad <laughs> <laughs> but i guess you always win so there is that <laughs> anyone ever win? what happens when you win in monopoly <laughs> Don't you just kind of give up on Monopoly? Like, I don't it's, think anyone's ever finished a game of Monopoly. I think if you do, <laughs> you can actually, if you can prove that you completed a game of Monopoly, you can send in your Monopoly brothers to Milton Bradley and send you <laughs> actual money in exchange for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had I had friends. We used to, we didn't think the game was long enough, and we used to push two games to get two boards together and do a figure eight. <laughs> You were bored as a child, huh? <laughs> nice. Well, okay. So I want to know this. Um, I have, I have like, I play bar trivia every now and then. Okay, I'm, I'm in what people call the life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but You're only um, up there on that pedestal, Rosalind. Yeah, right. The, the air's thin, uh, but I survived the altitude sickness. Um, but so I'm wondering what in your mind makes like the best trivia team? Like if you're on a team of people who are competing for distantly social, like what do you think are the key type of people that are your players? I think there, there's a few things. People ask me a lot if I have like a limit on the number of people in a team. Um, and I don't because I think after once you get past six people, you start talking, there's too many voices. People start talking people out of right answers. Like mm -hmm. at some point you need, you need like a smaller group, um, a, a well-rounded group. But the more, like if you have 10 people, either not everyone's talking or they're talking over each other and no one can decide on an answer because there's just too many voices in there. Um, I think you, you need that sports person um, and you need that science person. Yeah. Um, uh, on my old trivia team, my friend's boyfriend was like, he's, we're, we're all event planners. And then he works in a hospital. So like, there was always like a few questions where, what do you mean? Kevin's not coming. Like we need, we need him. <laughs> Who won the Super Bowl in 1957? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is, what is your specialty, Rosalind, when you do trivia? Um, I know a lot of like school crap, like, like just basic, like, like the plots to the novels that everyone's like forced to read okay. in school or Ooh, like sure. um, I know a lot of like obscure like social studies type stuff because my background like my degrees are in politics so I know that kind of crap um, okay. sports nothing absolutely nothing like, you got to have the sports guy like the sports guy mm -hmm. you can't win without the sports guy the sports guy is the crux of any good trivia team because He's, you know, and like, if it's like, you don't have the sports guy and your friend has watched baseball three times, you're going to expect that friend to know 
who yes. threw four <laughs> in the NCAA championship. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. that, that is me <laughs> I, I like watching baseball but I don't know like history and stats and all that and everyone's like oh well you were at the game last week and I was like not every game in history just the one last week <laughs> yeah I've watched a baseball game but what the fuck do I know about golf yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so you always gotta have that default sports guy when, when regular mm-hmm. sports guy doesn't show sure. up I think yeah Music is huge too. I find that music has been people's like sweet or weak spot. Like if you do a that. lyrics question. I'd be good at that as long as everything was before 1998. <laughs> I've got bad news for you, Mike. Uh, music still exists. <laughs> you sure? If There's... that's true, how come I haven't seen a CD store in forever? <laughs> They're not that's... making new ones. Yeah, that's well. All the kids are listening to vinyl now. Like music was a fad. Okay, it's over. It's like uh, <laughs> you know, MySpace or something. It's like Pogs. Yeah, yeah. My mom always said it was a phase. It's yeah. yeah. Smells, I think, will be the next one to go. Smells are going okay. Well, that's that's yeah, bad news for the shower industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's just called a COVID symptom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is that, that is the next thing to go. <laughs> oh God! I love it when I don't even know that, what joke I'm making. Somebody else has to figure it out for me. Like I, <laughs> my joke was good, but I just didn't know it because <laughs> I didn't think of it. Mark my words, one of us is going to end up using that in a bit. Um. I've already tweeted it. Uh, okay, well, so so for when you're putting together, you say you put together the questions yourself, right? Are you like yeah. a one woman team? Um, yes, but, eh, not not fully. Um, I I am the one writing the questions, um, and I I have a very particular way of writing the games. Like I do different categories, but I'm never going to do a category that's called like history or sports um my goal is to have like I I want no one to feel stupid when playing the game um so everyone like has that one question that they are like confident about and that they know um that isn't like what color is the sky you know like it's still like a challenging question um so I (laughs) (laughs) within the time frame and everything you you got it (laughs) Um, so I, I try to have cute categories that I can then jam as much different topics in as possible. Um, so, um, I try to make them topical, try to make them funny. Um, so like one of the categories is, oh, the places you can't go, appropriate uses for bleach, you know, just various, (laughs) various categories uh, that you would be surprised, like bleach, you've got a Nirvana album, it's an anime show, um asked a question about the 80s and acid wash jeans you know you, there's once you start to think about it there's a lot of different places that yeah, you can go yeah. with a, a lot topic. of true crime cleanup yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know very essential for that thing that sounds really fun i like how you you, you made like creative and imaginative categories yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear that you've like kind of started like a diy trivia because i feel like at least in in like the Baltimore Annapolis area, there's like a few big trivia companies that own like own most of the the bars that have trivia nights. Really? So you don't see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, big trivia is controlling things around here. Big triv, <laughs> big triv. You gotta look out for them. They'll they'll quiz you until you cry. Um. <laughs> they, they don't care about people. They're just they're just. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to leave the bar until you answer three questions yeah. correctly. The questions um, come from Question Farms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you're funny, Casey. <laughs> you keep coming up with jokes that I'm like, God damn it! Why didn't I say that? Um, okay. Well, yeah, but it, it's cool that like you're getting a different perspective out there because I feel like, you know, I feel like trivia is kind of an older concept so the fact that someone who's like kind of new and fresh to the game is like 
trying to do something different and trying to make it more accessible. I think that's really cool. So um, that wasn't an interview question. That was me sucking up to you. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> um, so I get on her team, Rosalind. Okay. Good. Um, so, so like one of the things that Tom and I were talking about when we were putting your interview together, you know, the pandemic is a really scary time to start a business. So did you have any concerns going into that when you were starting distant, distantly social trivia or um, what kind of inspired you to pursue that? Yeah, I, no, because I had no idea I was starting a business. Um, when it's all accidental, uh, it's certainly not as scary. Um, so, you know, it just started out with like me and some friends doing it and then friends told other friends who told other friends and it really just, um, snowballed. Um, and then one of those friends wrote something for the Washington post and that's when it like got got really crazy and, um, kind of national. Uh, so yeah, it was wild. Like we had up to like 80 people playing during the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, it was really, it was cool. Um, and we still have like a lot of regular teams kind of came out of uh, that, that press. Uh, so it was just this thing and, you know, we, we raised money. So like, I also wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking to like pay myself or like really make it a business. Um, it's just like this fun thing to do. Plus it's a fundraiser. Uh, and where the business side really came out of it, uh, was when people started contacting me to do it for their companies and team building and birthday parties and all these private events. And I was like, okay, wow. All right. Well, we've got to create packages and business models for that too. And, uh, so it just kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. So just kind of rolling with the punches and, uh, yeah, it makes it less scary when you don't really realize you're doing it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all just a happy accident. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, you've been able to raise like $12,000 towards assisting um, people affected by COVID. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about like those efforts? Yeah. uh, So um, I have a huge guilt complex just in general. Um, (laughs) I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Uh, But when I started this, like I said, things (laughs) things were like still open. Um, So I was like, oh, no. I'm taking away, and when I'm saying I'm taking away, I meant like my 10 friends who were gonna play this first trivia game. I'm like, we're gonna take away business from the bars. That's not right. We just don't feel safe about going there. Um, So I wanted to like balance that out by like finding organizations. Uh, And then again, everything kind of shut down um, pretty much immediately. Um, It was actually, it was kind of hard in the first few weeks to find an organization because they hadn't kind of started up yet. Um, but then Hakal Helps in DC started up very quickly and now there's um, a lot of others. Uh, so we, it, it was actually also kind of challenging because it started not being able to find any organizations and then there were so many and you know, it's like choosing where to donate because they're all so great. Um, so at the beginning, uh, I donated to a lot of different ones and now we've kind of honed in on like who's, who's still going, who wasn't just a Band-Aid for like the summer months. Um, and you know, who has like a continued mission and that's kind of the core organizations that we're donating to now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, as the partner uh, of someone who owns bar, I talk about it every single stream because it always comes up, but thank you for trying to support the industry. I can tell you it's very appreciated, um, right now because it's a hard time for a lot of people. So, but Mike, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. Well, was I saying something? Yeah, you I think talking. I was just going to point out how how you're you're. This is apparently a happy accident. You've accomplished all that in the year <laughs> just by, by accident, and I'm out here. I, I think if I set to do anything on purpose, it would have failed miserably. I think the only way to do things sometimes is just completely uh, by yeah. accident. Yeah, remind me to stop trying. I think. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of describes my entire life. Anytime I've really been invested in something, it's just nothing. And it's like, oh, I don't really care. Oh, cool. I'm graduating <laughs> from college. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just fail both ways, honestly. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not trying. Yeah, well, okay. Um, so what kind of tips do you have for like organizing a trivia night? Cause so are you an event planner by day? It kind of sounded like that's sort of your arena. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and I think that has been um, really helpful in just kind of the logistical success of um, trivia. Uh, I have like a stopwatch going the entire time, making sure that we, you know, no question is up too long or too little and just a lot of type A details uh, uh, that I think would drive most people crazy. Uh, but yeah, um, and that's actually one of the reasons why I kind of dove into this um, because I knew my job would ask me to start doing virtual events after kind of the dust settled of we're working from home. So I was like, all right, if I can build some experience in doing virtual events before they even ask me to, um, I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to look good. Uh, so <laughs> it was kind of just winning professionally on, on that end. So yeah, I've been an event planner for, for 10 years. So oh, wow. uh, very, very used to like timing and runs of show and um, over communicating to people and kind of walking them through, uh, especially a lot of the private games. Um, there's some, a lot of technology handholding uh, that I feel like we've all been through at some point uh, if we've been on a family Zoom or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh that makes me appreciate tom so much because of all the hard like if tom didn't exist the show wouldn't because he's the person that contacts people that writes questions that makes the tech yeah. side run like he couldn't even be here tonight and his his little square is still kind of in the corner there that's sad. yeah i'm bad yeah. at this i can't even poke people on zoom properly <laughs> I can do that I, i'm trying to pimp my page over here <laughs> yeah mike's basically just here for eye candy so you know yeah <laughs> well um, i will say tom is so organized though like as an event planner i can appreciate like all the different like emails and how he lays everything out and i appreciate it a lot <laughs> yeah he, he really he does a good job he, he really makes it look professional yeah, it's crazy too because like I I mean I've known Tom since he was like 17 years old and I'm, I don't think I would have ever expected him to be so organized and professional when he grew up like I don't know I feel like a proud mom sometimes. <laughs> but I don't Can we call that that's the quote card out of this episode. It's like who would have thought Tom would have been organized. <laughs> no, we what have to get doing at 17 going around stealing pies <laughs> off windowsills, knocking over uh, liquor stores. <laughs> Playing mailbox baseball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cheating no. in frog hopping contests. What what dropping contests? Frog hopping. Frog hopping contests. Frog races. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. all so I guess that's what kids who had siblings did. I'm I'm over there playing Monopoly by myself, but you were racing frogs. So I didn't know what I was missing. <laughs> Mostly just a lot of fighting and crying. <laughs> and, and inside jokes <laughs> my i have one sibling and he's the reason i have an encino man tattoo so take that as a positive or negative <laughs> to cover up a scar <laughs> no 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 it's uh we have matching encino man tattoos uh we got them for his birthday this year sorry mom if you're watching this uh, <laughs> it's uh it's an icy and it says wheezing the juice <laughs> Reason the juice. Yeah, uh, and it's in the most painful part of my arm that I've ever. Well, you got to suffer for good art sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, one day maybe probably sure we'll get to see it. But um. <laughs> I, I think you could probably just call him right now and tell him about it, and he'd answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he's uh, he's probably got some kind of '90s money stocked up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's doing a whole lot though yeah that's true that's true he's not busy well none of us are that's that's why we're all here right <laughs> that's why um, I've been able to get famous people on my podcast what that's why I've been able to get famous people on my podcast they have nothing to do otherwise <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. that and and you're just good at being like okay I'll I'll just ask them you know yeah yeah um but okay so Casey like what's your favorite category of trivia like what the questions that you write like what are your what's your favorite topic to kind of look up oh writing um because I think I think the stuff I'm actually quite bad at um I find the most fun to write uh and then I'm very proud of myself because I think the questions are hard and we have just players who are so smart uh <laughs> but we have 
we have a section. So the second place team from the previous week always chooses the second round category for the upcoming week. Uh, and tomorrow we have a before and after category. Uh, we have a lot of Jeopardy fans. Uh, so they wanted something like very Jeopardy with before and after. Uh, and those were very fun to write. I almost, I actually wrote too many. And I was like, oh no, I can't use all these. And then I started writing like kind of dirty ones that I can maybe use in a stand-up set later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what, I'm kind of familiar with the, the before and after uh, concept, but can you explain that? Yeah, let me get one I'm not using tomorrow. Um, okay, so one I'm not using tomorrow is um, like the a Beach Boys song and a world champion um, UFC fighter would be uh, Help um, Me, Help Me, Ronda Rousey. Oh, sorry, Coco oh. <laughs> oh, Help Me, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I see. So it's combining two. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Cool. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I have like, I, I would say like, I like music trivia a lot, but like I like really dark facts that I don't think would do well in a light bar environment. So I would just bring the mood down as a trivia host. Like what? <laughs> These members of Slipknot have overdosed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Slipknot what is, is big guy? <laughs> no, um, my favorite my favorite music trivia fact of all time is that. Um, one of the members of ABBA was in a, the Liebensborn program, like with the Nazis. Um, she, which was like a, a program that rehoused German looking uh, babies. Um, so she was like raised by Nazis. <laughs> wow. Um, but once again, very dark and not not something people want to think about when they're trying to have fun. <laughs> so, um, related to the Beach Boys, did you know when the Beach Boys was like very chummy with Charles Manson and oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, it was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't Brian it was Wilson, Dennis. it was the other Wilson, right? Dennis, Dennis Wilson. Wilson. Dennis Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I learned that recently, and it's it's another real good fact. Yeah, um, Charles Manson was actually an okay songwriter. I have to admit. Yeah, he was just crazy and he murdered people. That's what did it for me. Yeah. Because I yeah. was like, fine with the music, but I'm not going to be able to separate the art from the artist if you're going around literally murdering people. Oh, oh let's not get to an art or the artist conversation this week. I'm, I'm still really. You push your Marilyn Manson t shirt out of sight. <laughs> That's in the closet. <laughs> yeah. I will say that has been tough when writing trivia questions uh, because there are things that you want to write trivia about and like are very topical things. But then you're like, this is like not not a topic we talk about anymore, you know. So like, do is it OK? Is it OK to write something in this realm or do I just drop it? And then um, hmm. that that is something that I've been kind of struggling with 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 writing questions. Yeah, I can definitely see. I mean, like because you want people to have fun but also there's like we've learned a lot of really horrible things about people over the years that like you don't really want to bring up but also they're good like there's good trivia associated yeah i i, I sympathize yeah not specifically about like the trauma that's not what you're mm -hmm. writing the trivia back mm -hmm. about but like you know there's Might ask, a lot who of was ghost dad something like that <laughs> yeah who was who's who's ghost dad or alternatively um, one of Mike's favorite urban legends is the one about Marilyn Manson getting one of his ribs removed so he could autofillate, um, which is a really good urban legend. But <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. You talk about it all the time. What? You do. In what context? I have, I have like one joke about it. <laughs> talk about it all the time i'm always finding a way to bring it into the conversation you guys are all talking politics and i'm like you know what that reminds me of <laughs> oh bending over to pick up that box you know who can bend over <laughs> <laughs> that's forever ruined for you now mike you're done <laughs> uh, but, well 
Well, I don't know. Um, so have you ever had like one of those guys that likes to argue with you about like the correct answer for something? Because my, my friend Pat does trivia around Baltimore and he has this look of just like impatience that crosses his face whenever I see somebody amble up to his table to like holding their little scorecard being like, like they got him. Has that ever happened? Yeah, I would like to say that I've been, I, I, I don't like to say it, but it is a fact that I have been heckled more in trivia than I ever mm-hmm. have in comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think virtually, I don't like, I, and I say this actually in the registration form uh, because this has happened, like, you know, facts one have changed over time. You know, sometimes people are breaking new records or things are very close. So like the dissection of writing questions, like if you don't phrase it just so, it could have been another answer, like and mistakes are gonna be made. Uh, So I I try very hard to not make them, but it's gonna happen. Um, So it's really all about how, you know, like, are you gonna be in the asshole who's like typing in all caps, like about how everything's wrong? Or it's like, can you just be an adult and be like, hey, what about this? I thought, you know, and uh, uh, depending on whether you're acting like a two-year-old in a grocery store or not, uh, depends how I treat you in the game. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough, you have, you have the power. Yeah, you are, you I've, the I've kicked a team out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They're good for you. I'm glad that you, uh, that you do that. More people need to be kicked off the internet for being assholes. Yeah, so, it was it was a repeated repeated occurrence, and I was like, "Look, we've we've had conversations about how to interact with other humans. It's not setting in." So, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, yeah. especially with beach- like. Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was just gonna say, I think that's what the Beach Boys said to Manson. How to- <laughs> <laughs> let's treat others the way we would want yeah, to be treated. Sorry, buddy, you're out. Uh, and then everything went all helter skelter. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um well well so like as uh as, as a comedian do you feel like some of those skills have passed over and helped you become a better trivia host yes i i think so and i think vice versa um you know something i was never really that strong with was like crowd work and just like being able to come up with stuff on the fly um and it's certainly not the same in zoom as if you were in a room um but I think doing trivia like every, at least once every week and kind of dealing with people's questions and trying to make it fun. Um, like I had one person argue with me. I had the dog, a picture of the dog from Little Rascals and he had the eye, mm-hmm. um, you know, the circle. Yeah. And apparently that was the same dog in Homeward Bound 2 that did not have the painted circle around the eye. And they oh, were like arguing. That- <laughs> the Little Rascals on in like the 30s? <laughs> no, they made, it, they like made it in the no, 90s. They made it in like the 90s. Oh, oh, the remake. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I saw that in the theater, uh, actually. It was very I cool. had that thought too. I was like, is that the world's oldest dog? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they like this person was like, Well, homeward bound too should be a viable answer. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like you're arguing about one. I can't believe you know this dog's acting history and the fact that you know <laughs> that this dog has been in multiple things. But no, this is clearly the little rascal scene that he's in. Like, that's what we're going with. So like, you have to, you have to make that funny um, because that is just a ridiculous argument to have. <laughs> and like- Costume for that movie. Yeah. I know you're not going to argue that about like, well, Julia Roberts was also in Ocean's Eleven. So I know this is Aaron Brockovich, but you should accept it. Like, no one's going to make that argument. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I also, I just want to know who who remembers the acting histories of dogs. Like, I'm always fascinated when people remember, like, which director has done which movies. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but going into a dog's acting career is yeah. a little, like, an extra layer of intense. I'll there. tell you what's fun <laughs> is you go up to someone and you tell them, like, you remind me of that person from that movie. And then as they inquire, you'd be like, no, 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 no. The second key grip from uh, from Die Hard 3. That guy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But like Homeward Bound 2. I don't remember that being exactly a blockbuster. You know, like they're like also really reaching. <laughs> oh, it wasn't even the original Homeward Bound. It was the sequel. 
No, it was like Homeward Bound 2, Doggy Boogaloo or whatever, whatever it was. Why would you know that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a lot of useless knowledge rattling around up there, but I'm pretty sure Homeward Bound 2 is direct-to-video. Um, no, it was not. Yeah. I remember it going oh. first. All right, I stand corrected. Huh, okay. Well, they didn't have the same dogs. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Apparently there was there was a limited <laughs> amount of, of trained dogs in Hollywood at the time. And, yeah. <laughs> and they needed to, uh, to outsource to right. a previously known dog. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, cool. Okay. Uh, so back in, in the old days, uh, before we started, you know, being stuck inside on, under quarantine, um, were you performing at open mics a lot or were, were you doing like different, um, featured spots? Like what was, what was kind of your comedy trajectory? Um, I was definitely doing a, a lot of open mics and I was just starting, uh, March last year was like really going to be my month. <laughs> I had so many things booked, um, or at least comparative to what I had booked previously. Uh, so that was <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> Um, so I was just I was just starting to get booked for for featured spots and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, when you write a joke, like what's what's your process? Do you have an organic process, or do you like do you have to sit down and force it, or like kind of how do you come up with what you're going to talk about when you're on stage? Yeah, I've been I've actually been playing around with different writing styles right now just to see like um, if I if I can do different things. I'm like you said, I'm very observational. I, I wouldn't say I like am full blown storyteller, but each of my jokes, I would say, are about a minute instead of like, you know, quick one liners. Um, so I, I I do have to try to force it if I'm trying to write like a one liner or something short. Um but uh, yeah, I keep a notebook with me all the time. And just when I see something, um, I'm going to write it down because otherwise I'm, I'm going to forget it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm like lying in bed, emailing myself, being like, funny thing. And then like trying to decipher that in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have like, like sometimes I'll wake up and I'll, I'll like have written a joke in a dream or something and I'll write it down and it's always just ridiculous. <laughs> Like I, one time yeah, that, I woke up in the morning and I had written down uh, papers blown around by the fan in my room equal ghost walking around or something. <laughs> I had a dream that Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures sent hmm. me a message on Instagram. Wow, I, I communicated with him once on Twitter. Oh, look at yeah. you. I, yeah. I solved an age-old mystery. You might be interested in hearing this. I would, I would love to. This, well, you know, you probably saw this on, like, you know, unexplained mysteries, and, and you might have learned about it in school, where uh, the movie Biodome was said to be originally written as Bill and Ted 3. It's probably the same okay. kid. Yes, that I, I believe that mystery. was in, like, you know, literature 101 in college. Yeah, right. yeah. I remember yeah. that very distinctly from school. I and mean, I'm not judging anyone. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a tattoo. And he, he <laughs> would say online, like, you know, he was like, it's an urban legend as far as I know. I don't know where it came from. Well, I know where it came from because I remember him in like 1992 when the second Bill and Ted came out, he was joking about how the third one could be about Bill and Ted locked inside of some sort of uh, biodome like structure. And he had forgotten that. And I told him and uh, <laughs> he was pleased to hear it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, that's great. Like you were like, you won the argument of like, no, you really did say this. It's not like, oh, I knew this guy. He just totally made it up and solved the mm -hmm. mystery. Like you, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, because uh, I, when the movie Biodome came out, I remember thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be Bill and Ted 3. Oh, okay. Do you I, have a Biodome tattoo, Rosalind? I do not have a Biodome <laughs> tattoo next, but Mike, if you're willing to go together, we can get matching ones. Nah. Although one of the, what, one of the more regrettable <laughs> Baldwins was involved. So, <laughs> is it Stephen Baldwin? I don't know. It was one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, that was like, uh, I, I don't really, I, I don't know, Mike, what's your writing process like? Because mine is very, I think mine is very different because I come from such an improv background and I don't think mine is necessarily very developed yet because I haven't done as much stand-up. Yeah, I don't really have one, honestly. I um, I kind of just, uh, I collect stuff as I think of it, just like Casey was saying. Um, and I force myself to to work on writing every day, but I, I, I don't have a problem. I'm still searching for it, really. And I want to get to a place where I, I know, like when I write music, I kind of have a like a, not so much a process, but I kind of know what part of my brain to go into to, to, f- to find the next piece, you know? And I don't quite have that with comedy yet. And I want to, I want that to happen at some point. Yeah. Do you handwrite versus type? No, I, I, I just use my phone usually. I kind of oh. like, I like to like kind of pace around my room and think. And, uh, you know, it's not so much about the writing. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm probably a slightly different comedian than you are, Casey. Like I'm more of a, more of a joke, you know, like one liner kind of set up punchline type of guy and uh you know i just want to um i don't know i just uh i just think and i think and that's it <laughs> i will I, I do have to handwrite things because that's how i like commit things to memory um especially like transitions and that sort of thing from one joke to another um mm-hmm. if i write it down it's in my memory but if i if i type yeah. it uh, I like it's it's hard to recall yeah well I do when I when I'm trying to memorize a set I write it out and that is really helpful yeah yeah I used to do that um, <laughs> I had such a hard time going back to school for for grad school because they do everything on laptops in classrooms now and for me I don't remember stuff unless I write it manually mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be the only person sitting there in like a class full of laptops with like a notebook, just like copying every word. And the professor would be like, oh, you don't, you don't have to do that. You know, I'm going to put the PowerPoint up later. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have to force myself <laughs> to pay attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're that uninteresting, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's for me, I definitely remember better when I handwrite, um, but I also, most of my jokes are like stories kind of, they're like all jokes that are woven together with one story is kind of how I write. Um, and that's mostly because I have a hard time memorizing sets. So like mm-hmm. when I'm writing, I, I try to do it in like a chronological format so I can remember which joke leads to the next joke. And sometimes it works and sometimes it does not. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. And I would say every time I write it, um, I'm better at like cutting down the word, like getting better word economy each time. So I do kind of write, write the whole thing out uh, a few times to make them a little more concise each time. Yeah. Um, so like when, when all of this is over, when the, the, heavens open and we're all magically vaccinated like what do you what do you see yourself doing with distantly social and and with comedy in general that is a a great question especially with distantly social um it was only in like the past week or so where I was like oh this is like kind of like becoming a thing maybe this could go beyond the pandemic I really wasn't believing that it could um for for a very long time Um, But we just had a really big private event and, you know, with companies switching to allowing more remote work, allowing people to be really working from anywhere, they still want some sort of like happy hour social thing that's not super awkward. Um, And our trivia format and we've got game show format too, um, has been working really, really well for that. Uh, so I think that might continue. I don't know if the weekly games will. Uh, we do have a lot of regular players who are like playing with, you know, their college roommates who are across the country. You know, you really can build your own trivia super team um, and just, you know, pick your smartest friends from wherever, uh, which I think is what some teams are definitely doing. Um, so, you know, maybe I, I personally have been seeing people um, weekly that I haven't seen in, you know, 10 years. Um, and now I talk to them every week. Uh, so that's that's been kind of cool. So. Yeah, 
That's great. Yeah, I definitely think um, that's one thing that we, we talk a lot about on the show is like kind of with Zoom mics is kind of access issues about how, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> I feel like I talk also about Desiree every week, but uh, we had Desiree Walsh on um, and she uses a wheelchair to get around. And she said like one of the problems she's had is just physically accessing some venues because they are oftentimes in a basement and there's no ramp, there's no way to get down there. So it kind of creates this barrier. And then other comedians I've talked to are like, I live in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. Like there, I can't just drive for an hour to go to an open mic because the, the closest bar is like four hours away. I don't know. Um, so, so it's kind of interesting how that's like brought nightlife a little bit closer to a lot of people. Um, so I imagine maybe there's going to be some kind of like market for it. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say from an event perspective, you know, even what I'm looking at from work, um, you know, speaker lineups have never been able to be more diverse than they are now because, you know, people who um, are have previously dealt with childcare and couldn't come to the conference that you were programming, or you know, their work wouldn't let them, or you know, just like scheduling conflicts, um, you're able to have just a more diverse voice of of people mm-hmm. at any events, whether it's comedy, it's a conference, you know, whatever it is. So I think moving forward kind of everything has to at least have a hybrid component even if it is in person so people who can't participate in person have an option to still be an an active and engaged attendee Uh, so it'll be interesting kind of how things shift that way but I think it's it's a real missed opportunity if if things just completely revert back to the way they were yeah and I think you kind of mentioned like corporate gigs and like there, I, we did a lot of corporate gigs um, in free range improv, which was the troupe I was with. Uh, I was in with Tom for seven, eight years. And they're not the most artistically, you know, they're, they're not the most artistic gigs you're gonna get. Uh, it's a lot of pandering, a lot of incorporating weird slogans into your games that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, but they tend to be pretty fun if you can get the audience on board. Mm. And one time we got access to a mashed potato bar uh, at a company's <laughs> holiday party, which I have to say are the most beautiful three words in the English language. <laughs> mashed uh, they, potato bar. Oh, oh my, my God. God, it was I'm amazing. I'm become a mashed potato bar fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're... <laughs> You're just going to hang out be like, so, uh, you order the russets often? <laughs> Mashed potato bar. That that had to be a, a very hip company, right? There, there's no way that was like Procter & Gamble or something. Well, so it was really awkward because it was like, it was a tech company and they had a really lavish holiday party and they like hired us to perform and like they had all, you know, they had like open bar they had like hors d'oeuvres they had buffets they had like the mashed potato bar which I can't stress enough and and, um before we started we were like we were talking uh to our director and he was like okay topics tonight that the company's asked us not to talk about they're about to lay (laughs) off all of these people so don't make any jokes about that (laughs) And we were like, what? Oh my God. And he was like, yeah, uh, the reason this party is so amazing is because they're about to fire pretty much everyone you're seeing today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you, as the performers, knew that they were going to be fired and they didn't know that, the audience? Yes. What the hell kind of godlike power is that to give to somebody? (laughs) You don't know, like, especially to, like, no, I have a really hard time keeping secrets sometimes. So just being there on stage and knowing that all these people are going to be fired. And like the part of me that's really self-destructive was like, what if you just told them what would happen? What would happen? Well, of course, that's the only thing you can think about too, right? It's like, well, don't say this. Don't say this. Nothing else is coming to mind. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah. like some sort of weird social experiment or something like yeah it was it was bizarre it was like it was the coolest holiday party ever but also like it was it was just weird because everyone was like you did a great job wow we're gonna have to have you back next year we were like, let, let me give you a big massive <laughs> tip because i'm doing pretty well <laughs> have a massive tip on me yeah, I was like, um, you might want to, you might want to spoon some mashed potatoes in those takeout containers, <laughs> yeah. buddy, because you're gonna be, you are living off of leftovers really for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a very bizarre position to be put into. Um, but I look back fondly. They had different types of mashed potatoes. They had, <laughs> you could put butter so. or gravy. They even had vegetarian gravy, which was a big deal for me. Um, they had all sorts of seasonings. Mm, uh, they, people shit on corporate gigs, but let me tell you, sometimes it's almost worth it. <laughs> no, I enjoy them. Yeah. They're usually pretty good, you know. I think um, uh, we, we had Ralph Anthony on um, a few weeks ago, and he was telling us about a corporate gig he did with an open bar. And as an event planner, you'll probably appreciate the importance of making sure everything lines up with when the bar opens. Um, mm -hmm. he was supposed to do a 45 minute set, but it got delayed. So by the time he got on stage, the entire audience was completely trashed from having access to this open bar. So he pretty much just gave up on his set and did nothing but crowd work because people heckled okay. him the entire time. Mm -hmm. And was just like, I'm getting paid to work on my crowd work. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I long to be that type of comedian someday. Like I was saying, I can't, I, for some reason, I can't find out how to tap into my creative funniness, like on demand all the time. But I would, I hope to someday be a comedian who can just do really great crowd work and just do, because how fun would that be to just improvise your set every night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. I mean, maybe with, um, with like trivia hosting, maybe like you'll you'll sharpen those skills, Casey, and like I'm trying. <laughs> well, I'm sure Rosalind, I'm sure you'll sharpen your skills, you know, just being an interviewer now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, my biggest problem with crowd work is my anxiety. Like oh, yeah, I sure. I have a really hard time looking at the audience when I'm oh, performing. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. that's that's kind of what gives me hope though, is because like I, I feel like I'm an okay comedian now. And I'm completely scared to death on stage and can't look at people. And it gets a little bit better every year. So maybe in 10 years, I'll be able to look at someone and, and that'll be great. Right in the yeah. eye. Yeah, it's you like also have to look at the right person too. I think that's learning mm -hmm. about the crowd work a lot because mm -hmm. you don't want the person who's like so terrified, but also there's always that one person that you do crowd work with and then they they think it's their show and they mm -hmm. are doing crowd work with you even when you're like okay your time's done yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. this is me yeah. me to do my set and then they're just talking through other people's sets uh, right. so yeah. you never yeah. want to activate that person either yeah yeah mm -hmm. true and uh true. yeah i uh for me it, it's like my secrets uh to performing are i don't wear my glasses oh. so the audience is just blur Right. That works great for me. I don't <laughs> acknowledge them. And <laughs> Sir, you with the fuzzy red face. And yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but yeah, anyway, so I think uh we're coming up on the end of our time here, guys. So I'm going to say um that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for being here, especially you, Casey. Um, thanks for being such a great guest and thanks for hanging out with us and talking to us about Distantly Social. Um, Congratulations on all the success. It sounds amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And what's what? where is the best place for us to check out Distantly Social if, say, Mike and I wanted to start a team? <laughs> Um, so I, it, it has its own website because my name is so messed up and I didn't think people could remember how to spell my name. <laughs> um, it is distantlysocialtrivia.com. Um, so there's a spot there that like kind of tells you about the game, but also there's one that says play trivia and you can sign up and, uh, for any Thursday. So it's every Thursday at eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anytime you want to come play.
Okay. And I do know a lot of homeward bound facts, so we should be all right. <laughs> I at least I know, know a lot of really dark go direct to video, Roslyn. <laughs> that is true. You did, you know, and I host a movie night, so the fact that I got aced by by Mike about that is pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can follow Casey at KC. Those are the letters K and the letter C. Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T on Instagram. Thank you, Mike, for being such a wonderful guest co-host. Thank you, Rosalind. Thank you for being a wonderful host. I, I do my best. You are um, you are becoming a really good interviewer, I can tell. Aw, thanks. Yeah, it helps to have cool people on the show, um, and it helps to know that Tom is going to take care of all of the hard stuff <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so mike's got a show coming up um it's for the love of comedy it's a comedy fundraiser for kennedy krieger um they do really great work there uh they're one of the strongest places to get counseling for kids that have had traumatic experiences in mm-hmm. baltimore city um when i worked at house of earth we referred kids to them all the time so it's a great mm-hmm. cause um and you can get tickets for that at bonfirealive.com also a big thanks to our audience for coming and watching the program hello erica thank you for telling me that i'm hot in the chat i appreciate that uh <laughs> that girl's hot in the chat yeah erica no, <laughs> she sent a message to to our whole stream she said roz looks hot I'm like take it uh, <laughs> not just hot um, but hot in the chat i don't know what that means but it sounds very dirty i'm hot to chat uh <laughs> <laughs> is hot to chat that name's hot to chat i'll tell you <laughs> folksy sayings anyway uh and uh if you've enjoyed the stream please consider making a donation or following us on social media um you can also find the links to those in the episode description Next week, we interview London-based comedian Rabia Kuhn. Uh, So please stay tuned for that and have a great night, everybody. Bye. Bye.